Well, hi, everybody, and thanks for joining me for week 16 of Survival Beyond the Bug Out Bag. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to Be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We are located in beautiful southern Oregon here in the Medford White City area. If you're out of the area, we do invite you to come on down. We've got some very nice hotels and take advantage of some of the things we can offer as far as classes. More on that at the end of the program. Now, putting this program together includes a lot of what my ex-wife would probably call farting around. I'll start off researching one item, something will catch my attention, and I'll go check that out. It's the educational equivalent of squirrel, and I get distracted. Okay, one of the things I got distracted on, actually two of the things I got distracted, one was the top ten list of places not to go. This was a YouTube post by an individual, and they had quite a number of places you shouldn't go in a massive bug-out situation. And I have to be clear on this. This is a real stuff-hits-the-fan type scenario. Now, I would say the Paradise Fire qualifies as that. you got to get out. you got to go. You can't stay. And if you can't stay, where can you go? Well, this person said, don't go to the lakes. Because everybody is going to go to the lakes. Everybody's going to want to have the water. And very quickly, if this situation lasts more than a couple of days, that lake is going to be fished out. And people people are, are messy. Well, you're going to have a problem with sewage and that lake water becoming really, really polluted. The same thing with national forests and campgrounds. Folks know where they are. Folks are going to be going there. I can't get through a weekend without having to move because somebody's causing a problem. Can you imagine what it's going to be when Ranger Bob is not there? When we look at the National Forest, when we look at the folks who uh, actually do go out and hunt, how long is it going to take for an area to get hunted out? How soon before we're doing sloppy hunting or shooting anything we can to survive? It doesn't take long, as we have seen in some areas, for the entire wildlife population to get taken out. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't go hunting. I'm just saying there is a finite, there is a limited amount of supply out there. And now let's take this to another uh, level that I didn't think of. I was, again, farting around and found this really interesting article. They said you can be in the middle of a herd of elk. Without carbs, you're going to have a real big problem. That's why carb-free bread doesn't toast. It doesn't have any what you need. You must have carbohydrates. Now, I know our doctors are always lecturing on this. Realistically, part of a, da- a balanced diet, to feel full, it's possible to have a lot of salmon, a lot of elk or venison, and feel hungry. And the way we know that, we go back to our good friends Lewis and Clark. When they were up there at Fort Clatsop, they had a terrible winter. First of all, they thought the salmon was bad. They didn't know it was good. They saw it was pink and thought it was not properly prepared. But they didn't have any carbs. They could sit down and eat half an elk, metaphorically speaking, and still be hungry. So let's take a look at the two prongs to that question. One, if we all run off and start blasting away in the forest, I mean, my God, hunting season's scary enough. Can you imagine what it would be like in a all-hands-on-deck situation? 
you are going to want to provide for your family. I know I am. How are you going to do that? This, I think, is part of a myth we have been sold. Advertisers do this with the products. They show mom and dad and the kids sleeping in their little sleeping bag in their Coleman uh, tent out there with their Coleman lantern and a big igloo cooler, and they have, quote, quote, bugged out. A hundred years ago, this may have been possible. Fifty years ago, this may have been possible. But the idea of let's all run off to the forest and live off the land simply is impractical. I don't want to be a doomsayer. I don't want to say no, no, don't prep on the exact opposite end. We do need to prep. We also need to realize that all of the good stuff already has somebody involved with it. And I mentioned that, and I'll mention it again. You are going to be the person coming to take their stuff. You're going to be wanting to shoot their deer or their elk. Think about that just for a minute. How about those shelters in the urban area? I recall reporting on outbreaks of different diseases, including MRSA, at some of those shelters. Where are we, you and me, supposed to go in an emergency situation? More on that in a minute. If you live in an urban area, if you live in the city, I've read a number of articles about becoming a gray man. Now, what does that mean? I don't think it's intentionally sexist. You could say gray person if you wanted to, but it's technically the term gray man. That means you don't stand out. You're not the person with the bling. You're not the person with the really cool tactical bag in camo wandering through downtown. You don't have your Ruger shirt on, stickers all over your SUV. You probably don't have your AR slung over your arm. Now, there are two distinct schools of thought on this. The first is that by presenting yourself in that manner, you are saying, don't mess with me. I am not to be trifled with. Leave me and my family alone. The other side is, if you don't call attention to yourself and then an incident happens, you will be able to prepare yourself from a position of surprise. You will be able to resist effectively without having to be constantly on the alert. I kind of favor plan B, partially because one-on-one, not so much of a problem, but you get 10 people run out of an alley, uh, you don't want to be constantly under threat. Now, granted, these things are situations where society is starting to break down, but as we have seen, this can happen a lot quicker than we expect. Another thing that somebody brought up, and this kind of stepped me back, I actually mentioned this when we were talking about the Paradise Fire. There's that gentleman who, we had two pictures of him, one he in his front yard kind of barbecuing, uh, looking like you and me on the weekend, having a nice time. The other one, he's loading crap into a shopping cart in a plastic bag. What's going to happen, you and I are going to become homeless people. How do we treat the homeless right now? And I'm not talking about the meth heads and and the drunks who are badgering us for change. I'm talking about people with real housing issues. How do we deal with that? Something to consider because that's how we're going to be treated. We're going to be seen as interlopers. We're going to be seen as coming to take people's stuff. It's going to get really, really interesting 
really fast, and it's led me to revise my plans. Again, staying at home, I'm going to say this any episode I can, staying in the home with a group of neighbors is going to be your best chance to do well. Reach out to your neighbors. You don't have to like them. You don't have to watch the Super Bowl with them. I got a neighbor on one side. I just assume they move tomorrow. But in the area I live, we are going to have to be able to survive, and we are going to survive a lot better than I am going to be able to survive. Let's look a little bit deeper at that idea of banding together. This does not mean your house is full of supplies and your neighbor has absolutely nothing, and you become the uh, the Mother Teresa of the neighborhood. This involves people working together. I'm going to make sure I have A, you are going to make sure you have B, and realizing that people generally flake, you're also going to have some B just in case they don't. This is a very difficult thing. This is talking about building a community. It's not a case of going to a barbecue and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. I also have people who have said, Bill, that's not really a good idea because if people in the neighborhood know you are a prepper and you have all kinds of supplies and you're the guy who goes to the gun range, they are going to want to come and get your stuff. Fair point. I'd like to know what you, the listeners, think. How do you and I, how do you and your family, how do, how do I plan appropriately I think having a group of people together involves trust, it involves training, it involves skills. This is not something, oh, here comes a fire, let's all do this. You're going to have 11 people coming up with 11 different ideas and all fighting for control. You're going to have to sit down and put some effort into this. I've been working with some of my neighbors. I practice what I preach. They're older. They're unable to do certain things, so we have looked at what are you going to do if we've started that conversation. I don't go in and tell them what I think they should do. I get the dialogue started, and I recommend you folks do the very same thing. You know who you can trust. You know who your good friends are, and if you don't, maybe now's the time to make a list and check it twice. I know I've got some people I can count on. They don't happen to live next door, but I know there are a couple of folks out there that I'm there for them, and they're going to be there for me. Do you have that? And if you don't, maybe right this minute after you turn off this podcast is a really good time to start working on that. Let's move on. Another thought, why are we all thinking we're going to run off somewhere? Now, in a fire, you're going to have to move. In an earthquake, you're going to have to move. How about we all stand up for what we've got already? I had a great experience uh, off the Oregon Firearms Federation, sent a uh, newsletter out about some legislation I simply cannot accept. I could not agree with that legislation being passed. And so I sat down and I wrote a letter. Now, I'm not talking about tossing the usual rocks that we toss when we yell at people or when we write a complaint letter. I didn't throw any rocks. I spent about a half a day crafting this letter, showing my opposition and valid points for it. I was absolutely stunned. I've received 12 letters so far from state representatives right here in Oregon saying, I'm voting no. 
I don't consider that issue resolved because I got a couple of nice responses, but I do think it's interesting to find out that a lot of people are saying, oh, that's a done deal. They're just going to do it. They don't care what anybody thinks. I firmly believe that if you fill up their inboxes, you fill up their voicemails, if you don't support their party, that sends a very, very strong message. So is the problem resolved? Can I just forget about it? I don't think so. I think it's going to take a lot of effort by a lot of us to deal with these problems, but I think it is something we can do. And that's what I mean by standing and protecting what we have here now. We still need to deal with gerrymandering. We still need to look at an equal vote distribution. I mean, considering our governor has only eight-tenths over 50%, barely squeaked by with the win. That is hardly a clear mandate. Now, with those ideas in mind, I'm suggesting, and I've had a couple of uh, questions on this, you know, this stuff would be a lot better if we could all get together and talk about it. I think that's a terrific idea. I'd like to suggest we hold like a training session, a demonstration session, talk about preparedness, talk about goals, talk about what each of us is doing for prepping, show you some of the materials that I have been gathering for the past 16 weeks, and I think June would be a good time to do that. I'm going to include at the end information on how to get in touch with us. It's in the the little box, the podcast at wits-and.com, witsand.com. Would you be willing to come? I think the price could be very reasonable. We'd like to get together. A demonstration on how to put things together would be part of it. Talk a little bit about some of the ideas that we have. Talk about some goals. And most importantly, let's talk about training. Let's talk about making sure we have the skills to do what we need to do and be that defensive training, be that survival training, be that how to read a map how to read a compass. A lot of the skills that I grew up with have faded away. Let's see what we can do. Let's form our own little prepper community. I'll be interested to see what folks come up with. I hope we can do that. And uh, if so, we'll have more information here on the podcast. Okay, this is your final call for our CPR AED class series. The last one, The last one happens on February the 16th from 5 to 8 right here in the Medford area. It's open to anybody who's interested. It's only 50 bucks and all the details are in the class page. You can click on that link to register. It is first come, first serve, and it is non-refundable. You can end up certified for two years in adult CPR, AED, and basic first aid. And we've tossed in some information on basic gunshot and trauma injury bleeding control. And believe me, that is vital information if you've ever been at the scene of a traffic accident. Our next CHL class shows up on March the 9th. If you're interested, I'd register today. Those spaces go fast. Again, the link is on the class list tab. It's held at the MRPC building on Vias Road here in Medford. And you do have the option to get your Arizona permit. And when you use that in connection with your Oregon CHL, as I tell you, it gives you 35 states of coverage. And finally, we do have some space in the defensive scenario classes. This one's coming up February the 23rd. It is the best series I've taken. 
period. Each one of those classes changes. You learn some different skills. You can either take the whole series or each standalone class has valuable and very practical information. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you all realize I have been playing devil's advocate in a couple of these issues. In the legislative area, we have a problem that's not going to go away until we take positive action. I don't want people to feel they have to move out of the state because we have some people in office who really don't belong there. There's a lot of positive ways to resolve that issue. I don't want us to feel we shouldn't prep or we shouldn't think about these issues because it can be pretty unsettling. It can be pretty scary. I will tell you from personal experience, by being prepared, by having these discussions by stocking these supplies, and I don't mean you have to dig bunker in your backfield and fill it up with stuff, although who knows, looking at Venezuela, that may not be a bad idea. You do have to start preparing. I'm glad I'm taking my first aid training. I'm glad I'm looking at the different methods of water storage and water preparation and food and dealing with the psychological issues. This is all a part of it. So yeah, I've kind of poked at the bear a couple times in the last uh, 15-20 minutes and I think we need to do that because I personally will admit to having had those blinders on and thinking, well, all I got to go, all I have to do is head out to the forest. No problem. Yet yeah, me and 18,000 other people, good luck there. So see if we can get a seminar. Let's see if we can get a little mini conference, if you will. Share some ideas. Share some thoughts. With that said, I'm Bill Bateman. This program is copyright. Refuse to be a victim. Personal protection training. The opinions expressed in this podcast are mine and not necessarily those of others in the company. I once again invite you and urge you to share your ideas or comments with me at podcast at wits-and.com. This program, well, you can share it among your friends. You can put it on Twitter, Facebook, uh, pass the link around. No problem at all. I do not advise rebroadcasting, editing, or reselling this without the express written permission of this company. With that said, have a very safe week. I look forward to talking to you next time. And if I don't see you at the podcast, I'll see you out at the range.